This is the Radcliffe Marketing Show. Get ready to boost your marketing skills, get more customers, and take your business to the next level. Check out the latest on the blog at redcliffmarketinglabs.com.au or subscribe on iTunes. Now, here's your host, Mick Cullen. In fact, we've got a treat for you today. So all the way from Spain, we've got Martin Stella. So Martin, thanks very much for joining us on the call. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me on. Uh, big surprise, so uh, early in the day. Yeah, look, uh, it's uh, struck by the iron is hot uh, type thing. So uh, Martin, we'll Quite. talk a, a little bit about your background, but to put a, a label over you just very quickly so people can get their heads into the right space quickly. If I said you were a, a sales writing coach, would that be kind of accurate? Correct. Yeah, um, sales writing, email marketing teacher, um, business mentor. Living in Spain, uh, the high life. <laughs> More or less. Well, <laughs> nothing all all that fancy. I just live in a small town here on the coast and living a quiet life. It's uh, pleasant. I don't like big cities so much. All right. Well, we'll get into the background, but I guess the 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 aim for this uh, interview will be talking about um, tips and techniques and mental processes for mm-hmm. business owners to be able to get words out and down on a, on a blank page or blank screen, uh, whether it's yes. to, to write emails or newsletters or, or blog posts. But the mm-hmm. uh, the the grandfather of direct mail uh, copywriting is normally you know, Joe Sugarman, and he talks about the fact that if you want to be a good writer or a good copywriter. You need to go out and experience life and do all these different things uh, so that when you sit down and write, you've got that audience and you've got that idea in your mind of what people are going through and just that human experience type thing. So you've definitely filled that kind of role in getting to where you are now. So do you want to give a bit of your backstory? Um, well, I used to be, uh, before I go there, um, yeah, I agree with Sugarman, but um, if you want to be a great writer, a uh, good writer, um, there's one thing missing in that, what he said. It means you need to write a lot. It's practice. It's like a muscle. You have to write as often as you can. And that's what gets you more um, mileage, gets you to be a good writer faster than uh, um, uh, being among people. Who's, who's the guy who's got the quote that says, um, uh, you know, you should only write when you have the inspiration. Luckily for me, inspiration hits me at 9 o'clock every morning when I sit down at my desk. I don't know. It's similar to uh, um, creativity, which, you know, writing is just a form of creativity, uh, even if it's business writing. Uh, it's, um, what do they say? <clears throat> 90% inspiration and 10%, no, 10% inspiration and 90% perspiration. Yeah. It's just a matter of doing it, of sitting there, punching the words out until it starts to flow. And the idea that you need to wait for the right moment, no, that's, that's bollocks. The right moment comes when you make yourself ready. And you make yourself ready by sitting there and writing. Excellent. All right, well, let's, uh, let's get into it. <laughs> what can you tell us? <laughs> so, yeah, the, the back story. Um, in very short order, I, I used to be a monk, uh, became uh, a bespoke tailor uh, while living in the monastery. Um, bespoke tailor is somebody who makes really fancy custom uh, uh, handmade stuff. So when I left there, I decided I'm going to start a company, of course, as, as a tailor. And I didn't understand anything about marketing. In fact, I thought that everything marketing was uh, really dirty. And my quality of work was just good enough and word of mouth was going to do it. $150,000 inheritance later, um, I realized that that had been a mistake. So I had a choice to either move to a big city, which I really didn't want to do, 
or to go and become good at sales. I'd been studying a lot and I decided to become a copywriter. So I got really into the, the, the psychology behind uh, persuasion, building relationships, uh, communicating with people. And did that for a number of years until actually only this year I decided to stop the uh, paid writing gig and start teaching. Uh, because when you sell copy to someone, you sell a tool. But that doesn't mean that the person who buys the tool knows how to use it. So I would get clients who'd send the wrong kind of traffic to it. Or they'd put it on a page with hideous design and everybody would just close the browser window right away when they saw the page. Or they'd go and edit the copy. So they, they didn't have the idea of how to really put that tool to good use. And that made me aware that it's much more useful to people to uh, help them uh, uh, get their head around business and, and how to actually run a healthy business. What sort of businesses were you, were you writing for? What, what kind of businesses? The all and sundry, really. Um, I'd have, um, let's see, I had a, a client in Australia who built a uh, subcontractor uh, portal directory site, really big thing. Well, that was one of the people who kept editing my copy and deleted the call to action and things like that. Um, I've had people selling ebooks on how to train their dogs. Um, I've had people in England starting a company for telephone midwife services. Um, all kinds of things. Basically, anything that people would need to get sold and that was an actual genuine product and not a ripoff, uh, I'd be open to it. Which was nice for a while, but you know, to write copy and really spend time getting my head into uh, head around you know, dog training when my client is only there for the numbers and only there to make money, um, it, it didn't get my, my juices flowing. I, I wanted people who have a passion for what they do, who, who have, for example, their own business, like, like you know, your readers, uh, listeners, uh, people who make something and feel that it's important that this goes out into the world instead of just adding more traffic and getting more conversions and then making more money. It, it's, it got dreary after a while. So now you've got a, a coaching program and uh, you've mm -hmm. got a newsletter and things like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, can you talk through that? How, how does it work in the mechanics of, of delivery of that? You mean the newsletter? No, no, sorry, the, uh, your coaching. Now that you're working with people to actually uh, work on the, on the business side of things and, and understanding and how to write, uh, how are you delivering that as a, as a service? Oh, um, well, the, the, the coaching, it's, it's a mentorship program that lasts three months and people send me one draft email uh, every week and I piece it apart. I, I, I go ballistic on the details of it. So I number their lines and then I line go and say if you start with this message then you need to follow up and um, uh, deliver on the expectation uh, here you have a cliffhanger that you don't fulfill later on uh, if you promise this in the headline then you need to very quickly uh, uh, deliver on that because otherwise people will get bored and wonder what they're doing and they close the window and so I go I guide them through the process of becoming somebody who can write fluently and fast because that's the thing about um, email People say that email marketing is dead and that the email marketing bubble is about to uh, uh, explode. But 
those people who say that don't understand what email marketing done right really is. And the thing that email marketing is and that makes it so uh, effective is it's like having a barstool conversation, right? You, you show up um, and you sit somebody down. You're like, what do you do? Well, I, um, I offer this kind of product or service. Tell me more about it. And you just have a little chat. You, you have a pleasant exchange about something that you know a lot about and that you're passionate about. And you, you tell people um, the answers to their questions. So that makes the writing of an email much easier. It's, it's not that you have to go and pitch something every day or that you have to write very dense um, uh, headspace uh, content that teaches people. People don't have time to read all those uh, uh, complicated emails and people certainly don't want to hear pitches every day. But if you make sure that you show up consistently, whether it's every day or twice a week or three times a week, every day is best, um, people are going to relate to you as a person who really understands their stuff. And not only that, a person who cares so much about their work and about their, their audience that they make the effort to show up every day. And that builds relationships. That's, that's the way to do email marketing right in a way that actually gets you ambassadors. And, and get your sales as well. It's interesting because, you know, again, I'm very pro email and, and again, the, the stats and the things that I follow, you know, it's, it's one of the channels that, that works um, mm-hmm. absolutely the best. And mm-hmm. I've managed to prune myself off, you know, uh, at one stage I was on a lot of different mailing lists, so I've pruned those right back. Uh, but there's a the few that do come through. Even if I don't open the email and read it, I still mm-hmm. get the, uh, the reinforcement of their name and I guess the, the subject line. Uh, uh, coming through as a, as a regular thing, even if I'm not actually reading every single one. But the yep. yeah, that, that idea. You know, I'd love for you to talk a little bit more about that. You know, receiving an email every day, and especially for people listening to this as a, as a business owner, this idea of sending an email every day uh, to their to their you know clients and, and customers, things like that, is going to be quite foreign, I imagine, for most folks. So I'd love you to yeah. talk around that that mental approach and I guess the results that you get and you see from it. Because uh, my, my initial reaction is that if I received an email every day, that it might be a little bit too much for me. So, um, yeah, I'm really keen to, to hear your, your thoughts on that. Well, imagine somebody who's got um, really bad um, acne or somebody who has uh, dandruff and it just won't go away, right? It's a big problem for them. It's affecting their social life. It's um, uh, affecting their, their, their uh, uh, self-esteem. A person who suffers from a problem and really needs a solution, they're never going to get tired of hearing possible uh, solutions and suggestions. As long as they suffer from that affliction, uh, whatever problem it is, um, they're going to be uh, welcoming any suggestion that you can give. It's like if you have a friend who, who, you know, say dandruff, and you see this person every day on the street or you, you, you visit each other or it's a colleague and you happen to know everything about it. You are the dandruff expert. So today you tell them, well, you know, uh, have you considered um, uh, ointments? Have you considered uh, maybe a change in diet? Uh, they go home, they try it. The next day you show up and say, well, if that didn't work, what about if you mm, uh, maybe look at ex- external factor- factors in, in your environment? Uh, sick building syndrome uh, could it be that maybe something in the detergents that you use are affecting your metabolism uh, 
there, as an expert, you have a million ideas that you can uh, uh, suggest solutions to people. And as long as the person that you're talking to really wants to solve that problem, they're going to want to hear solutions until they get that problem solved. So you can send an email every day, you can send an email twice a day, and as long as you're being helpful and you offer ideas that are actually potentially useful, uh, they're going to want to read that. Now, it does mean that you have to also have uh, a bit of personality and, and character. You know, if, if it's dull and dreary stuff, yeah, they're not going to want to read it. So a bit of humor is always useful, um, but also to show your personality, to talk about your your own experiences maybe or the things you're you're dealing with in 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 business it doesn't really matter what you say as long as as you're giving them useful information and you're entertaining them in whatever way or form all right this opens up i guess two avenues here so you can choose whichever way you want to go but the first one would be for folks listening you know the process of sitting down and, and getting words out you know how do you coach people to do that, and, and what are your tips for that? The other one would be no, around. Easy. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, the other one would be around um, call to action. So, you know, again, I haven't read Jab Jab Right Hook yet, but um, Frank Kern, mm-hmm. you know, Frank Kern talked about this way before that book came out. The fact that you know you give, 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 and then you make an ask. Um, mm-hmm. So that that idea of you know how you mix in the call to actions in those emails. So uh, up to you, which one you want to tackle first. Well, about call to action. Um, I ask for a sale every time that I send an email because I know that, that what I do, what I, uh, whether it's the, the mentorship or the newsletter, uh, it helps people. I see that. They, they tell me after they buy and start using the, the teachings that it really works. So it's, it's my duty and my mission to tell people, it, you know, I consider it an ethical duty to tell people this is a solution. If you qualify, if you really want to have this problem solved, then this is going to work. I know this. And I find it um, uh, something of uh, missing the mark if you don't tell people that. But then it goes back to not pitching every day, you know, that oh, people don't want to, you should give all the free, 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 and, and only uh, once in a while you go for a sale and go hard for the sale. And like Derek Halpern talks about that too. And that's a strategy that works. Um, yeah, I find it more useful to show people every day that I'm here to solve a problem. And yeah, I, I earn money for solving that problem. Um, that's what keeps me alive and enables me to keep doing this. Yep. But because the email itself is 95% infotainment, that 5% of pitch that comes at the end, they don't care. They don't mind at all. So In by, fact, by yesterday that point, some, you've, you've earned mm-hmm. the... You've earned the, um, uh, the the right? I don't know if that's the right word, but by that point in the email, you've you've earned the the, the positioning to then transition into that way that you can help them out. Yeah, permission and acceptance. You know, they 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 accept that there's always a sales pitch in there, um, and really it's only five percent or even less. Sometimes I'll even, you know, the, the the idea is that you you write an email that starts with, "Hey, um, I've got something fun and useful to tell you. Here's the story." Uh, you always make it a story in, in, in some way because stories are what, what uh, uh, entertain and what engages people and you lead that in email into well if you want to apply this thinking or this solution to your own work I suggest 
you consider clicking to my landing page, uh, a sales page, to see what really is the, the full details uh, of, of what I'm offering today. I lost my train of thought there. Um, <laughs> well, well, that's all right. So, um, you were going to tell, you started off telling a story that just the other day and using again story to, to illustrate. Uh, so, I don't know mm -hmm. if you still remember what story you had in mind, but otherwise, we can uh, move into the, the blank page. Uh, the blank page. Look, anything is a topic. Everything is fair game. If if you really know, you know, people come to me and like, I'd love to write a daily email, and and I'm not a bad writer. I, I could, you know, use some. I could do some training and and and, and become better. But I don't know what to write about. So, well, look, if you don't know something new to say about the thing that you make or do, then you're not enough of an expert. So let's turn that around. You're an expert at what you do. You're, you know everything that there is to know about your particular uh, offer. From that enormous uh, amount of knowledge and expertise that you have, you can tell people something new every day. Um, I was talking to, a, to my hairdresser here in, in town the other day. And she's like, yeah, well, I'd, I'd like to grow my business and maybe have uh, you know, off-the-shelf products that I can also sell. Hey, man, uh, girl, you, you should start uh, writing an email every day. And she's like, yeah, but what should I write about? You should write about, you write about which particular um, products you, you really enjoy using when, when you're washing people's hair. You write about how uh, you enjoy giving just a tiny little head massage when you're washing people's hair. About how you used to have these chairs and you threw them all out because somebody offered you a different kind of chair and they're so much easier for you to work with and so much comfort more comfortable for the people. Hell, you write about a Dutchman living in Spain who comes in and says, give me a mohawk. And she starts laughing because if you think about it, uh, that Dutchman, that, that would have been me. Um, if you think about it, <laughs> everything is, is uh, uh, a topic. The thing is that you, you go back to that barstool conversation kind of thing. If somebody asks you, so what do you do? And why are you passionate about it? Well, off you go. You've got something to talk about. The trick is that you apply that same uh, very casual, friendly, just off-the-cuff conversation to what you write. And you, 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 know, you don't overthink it. You just talk about somebody who showed up yesterday or an inquiry that you got. I mean, if you want to see examples, sign up for my list or just read on my website. Um, everything. I, I, I pull the craziest stories out of my life to make a point about how sending a daily email works. We should probably mention your um, website address at, at this point too. So it's, it's martinastella.com. So it's martin and Stella is S T E. Double L A R dot com, and also the show notes to this. All I have a link to, to Martin's uh, website, so you can sign up and, and see those daily, daily emails in the process. Uh, that was, I think you were just kind of talking a bit about blockages there. That the fact that someone could sit down at a barbecue and talk, but the idea of then putting that into words on a page kind of makes it seem really formal and, and permanent as well. Um, but you're kind of suggesting that to take a different approach, and it's really trying to make it conversational and as if you were just doing that barbecue talking with the one person. That's the thing. You you have um, you you start each 
a daily email with the idea that you're you're starting a conversation with someone. Like, okay, I've I've got something interesting or fun or useful to tell you. Let me let me let me show you. Uh, and you link it on whatever theme or experience from from your work uh, uh, sparks you that day. And because you're doing it with the intention of starting a little conversation, people feel like they're being talked to. It doesn't feel to them like it's a marketing message, not at all. Um, they they recognize that you're there to show up to um, be useful and helpful to them, and you're doing it in a fun way. And you can apply this to literally everything. I mean, even accounting services. You know, something that you would think, oh, it's very very boring stuff. Now, do you know how many crazy stories an accountant has that he can tell? Thousands of ideas from from the things that clients have done. Uh, uh, or didn't do or should have done or how uh, money got lost or saved or won because of uh, 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 what an accountant uh, recommends. Everything is fair game. Just don't overthink it. Now, then you have that blank page syndrome. And there are two, two things to keep in mind. If um, when Stephen King, who, you know, seems to know how to write books, when he writes a new book, he doesn't care whether it's going to sell or whether people are going to like it or whether it's going to become uh, popular or a bestseller. He writes one book for his wife. He just wants her to like it. She, by herself, is his ideal audience. So by having that laser focus on one particular type of person, or indeed one person by themselves to have to like it, um, you make it a lot easier for yourself. And that's also why email marketing and email writing is so much more useful than blogging. You know, if you write a blog post, you're writing something that hopefully the internet at large will like enough to bring you traffic and sales. But that's difficult because the internet is a big place. But you on your list, you have 500 or 1,000 or 5,000 people and you know more or less who those people are. You, you have an idea of uh, um, what kind of pains they have, what problems they struggle with, uh, what interests them, how far you can take your humor, and, and you have a bit of a, a, an idea. And you sit down to write to those people. You don't write a blog post that the whole internet has to like or that Google has to like. No, you write something that just your readers, your people, are going to open and say, oh, cool, it's him again or her again. And that focus is the same thing that, that um, uh, the, the Stephen King principle, to, to, to only care about one particular person, one particular type of person. So you open up your document and you go, okay, I want to write about, I have an idea and I don't know where to start. Then you just start writing something, anything. You know, this perspiration and inspiration idea that um, you have to make creativity uh, start instead of sit there and wait for it. That's really true. You start writing, maybe you, you begin by just by Today I want to write about um, dandruff solutions and you get stuck. Then you write dandruff solutions, dandruff solutions, you just continue hammering the same word. Nine out of ten times, at some point something will click in your mind, something will get triggered and sentences start flowing, things will start coming out. 
and then you're off to the races. Now, how to make sure that you get this written and you don't get stuck, because it's, it's very easy to get stuck, you take a, a thumbtack, you know, I don't know what you call them in Australia. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah thumbtacks. Yeah. Right, you put it upside down on your backspace key. Okay. And every time, <laughs> because the, the, the thing that stops creativity is uh, um, uh, second-guessing yourself. So you're writing a sentence and you go, oh, no, that's not right. Hang on, let me just correct that. Oh, there's a typo in that. And you go arrow back, uh, you correct the typo. At that moment, your creative flow gets stalled. There's three writer's hats, right? You've got the visionary, you've got the writer, and you've got the editor. These are three persona that each have their function, and they should bloody well leave each other alone. Your visionary is the one who, when you're in the shower, says, I, I should be writing about this or that today. That's the guy who comes up with the big idea. He feeds that idea to the writer, and the writer goes in and says, let's make something out of this. What you do if you go backspace, if you backtrack, if you second-guess yourself, is your editor comes in and says, ah, hang on, that's not how, no, fix that first. While your writer, who's the real creative genius, just wants to get the ideas out as fast as possible. And then the editor is there looking over his shoulder saying, I'll fix that first. So... That's why I say, you know, you put a thumbtack on your, on your backspace. Do not touch the thing. Write without stopping. If you are in a sentence and you find that it doesn't go anywhere, you hit enter and you start a new sentence. You never, ever go back. You never stop. Switch off the, the squiggly lines uh, spell check that you have on your, on your uh, word editor, your yeah. word processor. Because that just tells you, I made a mistake. You know, you don't need that. First, you invent the idea. That's the visionary. He gives it to the writer. The writer goes to town on it and writes as fast as he can every idea that, that comes up. When that's done, you take a break, you have some tea or a walk, or you go back the next day, and your editor comes in and he rubs his hands and says, all right, let's make something out of this. Let's clean this mess up. That's fantastic. Yeah, like the visual imagery of the, the thumbtack and the three people, I've never actually heard it described the three people before. Like I've heard, you know, the, the idea of that stream of conscious where you just keep typing. It doesn't matter what you're doing as long as your keys are, your fingers are hitting the keys and you're typing, eventually mm. your brain will just force that to, to make mm. some kind of sense. And then the fact that you should come back yes. to the, the next day and do yes. the edit. Um, but yes. um, I love that visual imagery of the three people and the thumbtack. That's, uh, that's awesome. <laughs> No, the, the thumbtack is not visual imagery. I want you to take a thumbtack <laughs> okay. and put it down with a piece of sellotape <laughs> on your backspace key. Because it's difficult, right? We, we, you have the, the, the left half of the brain and the right half of the brain, and the one is creative, and the other one is uh, rational. Your editor is a rational uh, uh, being. It's the, the left hemisphere. It's very important. But it's devastating for creativity for being able to create something uh, uh, without interruption, something that flows and something that uses all the inspiration, all, all the ideas, all the information that you've gathered over the, the years, you have to keep your rational mind out of the equation. It's, it's a purely emotional, creative experience, even if you're an accountant. Excellent. So you... you, you <laughs> You, you want to really train that, and it, it's very difficult because all of us, whether man or woman, um, uh, we're all slaves to our rational mind. It, it, it jumps in like a dictator and says, oh, this is how it should be. 
and that obstructs your creativity. You'll, you'll never become uh, a fluent writer if you, if you let your rational mind influence your creative process. So it's, it's a matter of training, and that is why this three-month process lasts three months. You know, I used to do it for, for four weeks, and I found it wasn't long enough for people to um, um, make that shift in mindset and behavior of being able to suspend the rational mind's activity long enough to get an idea out. It's something that, that you need to train. It's, it's like a muscle, you know. You, you go to the gym, sorry for uh, rambling like this. Um, but it, it, it's, it's like a muscle. You, you, you need to sit there and, and, and practice writing something every day for as long as you need. And sometimes it's six weeks, sometimes it's three months before you get into the flow of it. And then you will see a change start to happen. Then it becomes actually quite easy to, to write. My emails last, they take me about 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Uh, most days, 400, 500 words, sometimes 800 words, goes out. There are days that it takes me longer to load it up into uh, MailChimp and put it on my blog than it takes me to actually write the piece. Why? Because I go to the gym every bloody day. I write an email every single day. I train this muscle. Now, if people want to write, make it a habit. Practice it. Okay, like an e-school. Now, you mentioned blog posts there, and that takes back to the earlier comment where when you're writing for your list, it's different to mm -hmm. trying to write for, you know, this imagined everyone on the web. Mm -hmm. So you are, and the people you're coaching, you do recommend uh, emailing out and then reusing that uh, on the website so that you have a bit more permanency from that from that writing? Well, yeah, of course. Um, if you're going to sit and write something every day, um, it would be a waste to not do something to, uh, to, to show to people, you know. It, it, it can get you SEO juice because your, your keywords will, excuse me, will show up in there. And it's also, I find it useful to stick the same one-on-one, -on -one, you know. I copy-paste it straight into my blog, call to action, typos, words and all. Um, because if somebody comes and doesn't sign up at my landing page, they can go to my blog and have a read and see what the content is about that they're going to receive. So it's also a way to uh, be very clear to people um, that when they give you permission uh, to send daily updates, they know what they're going to get. They know it's going to include a call to action every day. They find that offensive or they, they don't like the fact that you're in business and you need to make a living. You know, then they don't sign up. You wouldn't want to work with those people anyway. That's probably like the, the biggest error I see when I work with folks who have tried email marketing before or newsletters and, mm -hmm. and basically stop because they say you know, they're not getting responses, not working, is the fact that they, mm -hmm. you know, they spend a couple of hours putting together a newsletter, email it out to you know, a group of people on their email list and then that's mm -hmm. it, that stops there and they don't then take it and reuse it somewhere else or put it on their website. So they've got nothing to show for that, that couple of hours that they put that newsletter together um, you know, other than any response from that particular email out. So, uh, yeah, I think mm -hmm. the idea of, of reusing it on the website um, to get the extra leverage from your time is definitely useful. Of course. Otherwise, it's, it's just a whole bunch of, of work that, you know, you can only reuse when, when new people sign up for your list and, and the, the new autoresponder series with the newsletters starts. Yeah, you can do a lot more with that. You can syndicate it to, to uh, uh, StumbleUpon, uh, Reddit, LinkedIn, uh, Facebook. Uh, it's good content. It's something that you write because you're passionate about what you do and because you hope it helps people. So why not put it out there for people to see? First of all, on your blog, of course.
All right, man. Let's um, close it up then. So mm-hmm. I'll, I'll ask you basically, you know, in, in the coaching you're doing, in, in the letters or the emails you or getting through from clients and you're mm-hmm. critiquing, is there a couple mm-hmm. of uh, like the top three errors or top three things you're, you're continually picking up? Uh, and then the last one would be if, you know, if there's something I haven't asked you that I, that I should be asking you about, about the writing process. Yeah, if you write for the web and especially for emails, uh, keep your paragraphs short, two lines at the maximum, because uh, especially if people read on small screens, if you have a three-line, four-line paragraph, it's going to look like a block of text. It's going to fill the whole screen, and that is the kind of thing that makes people get the the ooh information overload trigger, and they won't read it. Then um, use story principles. I very often just start with a quote from a conversation that I had with a friend or a, co- uh, a client or a colleague, you know, um, straight in the middle of a story. She tells me that you shouldn't do this or that. And then I start explaining. And you don't have to always tell a story as in once upon a time there is, but the, um, the concept of um, uh, recounting a series of events or, or an uh, exchange of, 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 of words in a conversation uh, goes back to primordial times. We, as a species, uh, for, for thousands of years, uh, storytelling was how we lived, how we survived. Uh, history, uh, law, genealogy, all of that was transferred you know, way back in the time that we were wearing bearskins and, and, and centuries after that. Um, we would sit around a campfire and tell stories to each other. That is how society built up a history. So the whole idea of, of telling a story in some way or form goes back to, to uh, a very ancient part of the brain. If you tell someone, let me tell you a story, their entire brain lights up like a Christmas tree. It's, it's an enormous, uh, enormously strong trigger. So use storytelling uh, and just recount what, what, what happened to you or uh, how you know, an exchange went with people uh, is very important. Um, what else? Always end with a call to action. And don't hide it. Don't be afraid to ask for a sale. You're there because what you do, if you have an, an ethical business that, that actually solves problems for people, uh, you're there because you solve problems. So, you know, you sometimes see people and they... they put their call to action way back in the PS. Uh, oh, and by the way, if it doesn't offend you, uh, here's my link to my sales page in case you know, I may ask you for a click today. Thank you. Oh, bollocks. You're there to solve a problem, so tell it. This is what I have. This is what it does. Click here. You just might be surprised at how much it can help you. Always use a call to action and, and don't be shy about it. Um, what else? Deliver on your headline. It's very important. You did, or the subject header, actually, in, in, in the case of email marketing. Um, and do it fast, because you have to be paranoid about people being too busy. So if you start with uh, the ninja trick to solving problem ABC, then you don't want to come with what that trick actually is all the way at the end, because people want to, to see you deliver on, on the promise. So within the first two or three or four lines, uh, either build a strong cliffhanger 
about what that ninja trick is going to be uh, or tell them straight out and then fill out the rest of the email. Okay, that's interesting, yeah. And especially at the PS because often a lot of copywriting courses do say to put something in the, in the PS because it's one of the, the most read parts of the, uh, of the letter or the, you know, or the, the sales letter or the email. Uh, but uh, yeah, excellent. You can do that, but then then m- make it uh, a bold statement. If you want to use it in the PS, because the content of the email itself doesn't lead into a logical, uh, you know, it doesn't logically lead into a call to action, you can put it in in, in the PS. But again, don't be shy about it. Don't don't try to hide it. I think it's a story of Dan Kennedy, and I think um, it goes along the lines of the the letter was one page. And the PS was three pages. <laughs> we just kept kept going. In uh, typical Dan Kennedy type uh, uh, approach, but uh, oh, look, yeah, I don't know. Look, if you've got any other gems you want to drop, but I, I tell you what, this is fantastic. Um, you've got a heap of information there, and and again, if you're listening, you know, Martin, uh, it's martinstella.com. So uh, if you liked what you've heard here, uh, head over that way and, and check out a heap more. Because uh, again, yeah. we're in a, in, a, in a mutual business forum, and I know you've helped a few of the other people there, and, and they're getting great re- results mm. as well. So, um, mm. yeah, is there anything else you wanted to cover, Martin, or like, what, should we should we close up there and, well, and yeah. leave, leave them hanging for a bit more? Well, <laughs> no, nah, that would be fair. Now, listen, guys, it's it, it's not just about getting sales and. Uh, it, it, uh, training your writing muscle isn't just for, for uh, business purposes. You need to realize that as a business owner, you have to write because it's, it's a, a therapeutic thing. There's something that starts to shift in your mind. If you every day sit yourself down, uh, and the best is at the start of the day, before opening your email inbox, every day you sit down and you say, I've got these people on my list and they've got this problem that I want to solve. What can I say today that might help them? When you train yourself in repeating that practice every single day, you'll start to see a shift happening in not only how you communicate with people, but also about how you think about yourself and how you relate to people and what your work actually means to the people that you want to help. So it, it, it's, um, it's a very powerful tool for your own transformation uh, and, and not only for uh, getting more sales. Great. Perfect. Hmm. Uh, and yeah, so <laughs> all right. Well, look, we won't go any further. <laughs> well, let's, let's leave that there. <laughs> I can go and, on for hours, man. <laughs> oh, well, we might have to get you back for a a, a, a redux or, or part two. But um, yeah. I'll tell you, well, let's let's uh, put that out there and see what people's comments yeah. are. And uh, look, I'd, I'd love to get your feedback, folks. who have been listening and uh, picked up one or two tips from from Aaron there. Let us know what the, the your favourite tip was or, or what uh, made the, the biggest impact, the biggest difference for you. And, uh, yeah, send me a link to the to it when it's live. Because I'd, if you have any questions, put them put them in the comments. I'd, I'd love to see what uh, what people think of it. Brilliant. And uh, sorry yeah, for interrupting. No, no, perfect. That's the segue. That's like, I mean, next thing is put your questions there, and I'm sure Martin, you'd be happy to, to come and answer them there mm. as well. So awesome. All right. <laughs> yes. Well, you've got your day ahead of you. It's uh, it's night time here, so we're going to basically do the opposite. And mm. uh, I'm sure we'll chat with you soon. So thanks so much, Martin. Thank you. Been a pleasure. You've been listening to the Red Cliff Marketing Show with Mick Cullen. If you're looking for more resources, tips and tricks, and training workshops designed to boost your business marketing, then head to redcliffmarketinglabs.com.au. If you liked the show, don't forget to leave a review on iTunes. Remember, action trumps everything else. 
Take one idea from today, implement it in your business, and let us know the results. So go on, get out there, and do some marketing.